0: podcast with this is caribbean power lunch where we feature black owned businesses i am your host kevin valley and today we are back with emma charles
1: hello hi everyone i'm back
0: did you recover from last week with um (laughs) with that talk with rocket roger
1: rocket roger was great fun and i'm glad to be back here again you have such interesting and inspiring people as usual
0: aeronautical emma (laughs) (laughs) I guess we have um Atomic Andre Dreffers here today. Yeah. <laughs> what an introduction. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Take so it. we're talking to Mr. Andre Dreffers of Perception Management, yep. Talent Management, Artist Management, yep. Event Management. Mm-hmm. Andre, how are you doing, sir? Sure, doing well. Um, It's a privilege
2: to be here. Such a distinguished company. Wow, wow, wow. wow, wow. Uh, is this
0: is your acceptance speech. You know? Yeah,
2: I know, right? First of all, I want to thank I feel you. Know. Special. Uh, I want to thank Kevin for bringing me on. But no, it's great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity just to talk and share my story and just have some good fun. So
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems to me, I don't see much information on you online, Yeah. but it seems to me that you have such an interesting story because you were. Uh, an investment banker you're a yeah. private equity professional and all that and now you're transitioning yeah or you're, you're already transitioned into the media sector so now you get to hang out with all these artists and Whole celebrities people. and everything <laughs> so in a way you're like my role model so i'm gonna i'm paying nice. close attention to you today
2: nice well pay, pay attention watch closely um but um yeah and and, and you know you made it sound very um deliberate. You know, I don't know that the move or the transition was very deliberate. I think as we get into this story, um, it's one of those entrepreneurial stories that was less charted out and more following passion. And then passion started growing into success. And then as much as I tried to ignore the success and it got bigger and bigger, just decided to to take a, a leap of faith. So um it'll be an interesting ride. Ready to rock. Let's do So, it.
0: <laughs> so you would say it's more serendipitous. Is that the word? Emerg you my UK dictionary. Check me out. <laughs> Was it English as a result on of point, serendipity? Kevin. Yeah.
2: You know, it, it 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 started as um I wouldn't say a hobby. I'd always been interested in music and the arts. You know, growing up I would you know, record the calypso monarchs and the soca monarchs on VCR and the local competitions and you know, look at performances. I, I just like the performing arts a lot. I like the lyricism a lot. So everything from local calypso to rap and hip hop, the lyrics and the way people put words together always interested me. And then stage performances and how the crowd reacts to the artist.
1: Do you I, write as well?
2: I do. I do write as well. And so I actually uh, I remember in um, in primary school entering the um, talent competition. Boys to College was the name of the R&B group that we put together. This is but,
0: in, this is where? This is this
2: is um. So I went to to primary school in in South Trinidad, a private school called ECGMS. Remember
1: Boys to Man, Kevin, or that, Yeah, you remember Boys to the... Man. Of I was, I was, you was about too. to sing though. <laughs> you <know, I> Almost
2: <laughs> gave me <try> to sing <laughs> on this thing. Oh, good Boys to College. I think my mom gave us that name. So that was the first foray into anything performance arts. Um, then I went to Naparima College uh, and entered the Calypso competitions mm. there. But thought nothing of it. It was just, this is fun. What like so did you do in
0: the Calypso competition?
2: did well. I think I came second a couple of times. I came first one year. What? I did tempo as well. So, um, you could sing extemp- yeah, extempo, on the- yeah, on the spot. Boom. What? Um, so, dabbling in it. It was fun. People knew me for it, mm. but didn't really pay it much mind. When I went to Howard in D.C., there's a big Caribbean base, not just a student base at the university, I think they said it's the largest Caribbean student population in the eastern um, U.S. So the big Caribbean student and second generation Caribbean population. That's a black school, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, that might be right. Um, The black school. But Washington, D.C. in general is very diverse. And so I ended up being the president of the Caribbean Students Association. And one of the things we did a lot of was cultural events.
1: I was in the Caribbean Association. High
2: five. (laughs) Rep, girl, rep. I was in the Caribbean. (laughs) (laughs) So you had the most authentic experience.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was in Jamaica We tried to make it authentic. (laughs) Exactly. And
2: that was one of our mandates. We were trying to make the students feel at home. So we would do calypso competitions, extempel competitions, talent competitions, Caribbean parties, and I would always enter and make up original compositions, usually on the side of humor with stuff people could relate to. Um, I have a couple of them online. I'll send them to you, Kevin. All be right. pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I might link them up in <laughs> <laughs> the show notes in Kevin? But so I always had that side. Everybody knew me for that. I was always very studious academically, but I had that creative fun side. As you mentioned earlier, my path professionally was finance. Did investment banking in New York. Did um, private equity in, in in Washington, D.C. And then when I decided to move back home, one of the tenants upon which I was going to move back home is I want to go home and do all the stuff that I never dreamed of doing except in my dreams. So like, wow. I want to go and just
1: i
0: like that.
2: write a Calypso song and try to get an a Calypso tent.
0: Wait, so let's, let's go back a bit. So so you're in Howard. You're, you're there to do a degree in yeah. finance and stuff, <laughs> right? Yeah. So all this time... Singing
1: it, X-Tempo. <laughs> yeah,
0: singing X-Tempo on the, right. the side,
2: Calypso on the side. Yeah, it was, it was sort of a, it was relaxing. It was the other side. It was to take the edge off. And, you know, thank God camera phones weren't all the then. But some people caught some footage, some footage online of um, a couple of original compositions. But yeah, that was that and, and football. Those were the sort of the extracurricular things. I always had a passion. And even when I was there... The carnival competitions and the celebrations in Trinidad Carnival always interested me. What are the big songs? Why are these songs big? Trying to the geeky side of the arts, you know, trying to figure out what makes a hit a hit. Why are these artists successful? I would stream the Soka Monarchs online. So always interested in culture. You stream that whole long Soka yes, Monarchs, like, yes.
0: all from the first performance. To
2: carnival the- Friday, people would go to the parties. We usually have a Carnival Friday party and they say, I'll be home streaming Soka Monarchs. Yeah, I just always, performing arts always interested me. Always. Have
1: you written any popular songs that we might
2: know? Yeah, my first, so I I wrote a, a few unpopular songs that you wouldn't know <laughs> on the Calypso side. So I wrote a couple songs for Tigress that she sang and entered and got to the Calypso Monarch finals with. The most popular song, my first soccer song I ever wrote was Savannah for Iowa George last year. Oh, wow.
0: well, that's, a big, yeah. that's a big start.
2: Yeah, um, so I'd actually written a Parang song for in the, The year before. For Iowa, George. For Iowa, George. All Iowa for Christmas. No, for Iowa. Yeah. And it it did well. It had a bubble. we were using the double entendre. Iowa and all Iowa as an I want. Right. And it did kind of well. So he started trusting me and I said, George, I'm going to write a road march for you. And wrote Savannah. He didn't like it. Hated it. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't understand why. So let me preface this by saying the... Entertainment company that I have perception management is myself and my business partner, Andrew Bailey, best friend from high school. And I'll get to how it all started. So, here I would kind of write, go in the studio, get producers to produce, tweak the music, spend months on it, and then bring it to him, like, What do you think? And he was like, I want you to sing that song. We have a okay, hit in our okay, hands. Okay, okay. Gave it to him, he rejected it. What's Andrew's background? So, Andrew's background, so he. So when I went to Howard, he went on a football or soccer scholarship. He played football. He was very good. So he went to college in Phoenix at Grand Canyon University. He played football for them for four years. His degree was in public relations. So he's kind of a public relations, communications background. I can see that. Yeah. So then he moved back and... When he moved back, he actually did a degree in food and beverage management as well because he always wanted to open a restaurant. So he worked in the food and beverage industry, managed a couple popular restaurants as a manager all out for a while, and then managed
0: all out right there by the yeah right by the over Uh okay,
2: and then. We sort of unofficially started the entertainment business at that time. It was this myself.
0: 2013.
2: This was we started in. We officially registered in 2015, but yeah, it was 2013 that right, we um. Also, right. oh, that, that we started
0: the handle of perception management. management 2015.
2: 2015. Yeah, that's okay. when he was like, "All right, we need to like register this." Okay. Um, so I'll get back to the Iowa story. Yeah. But going back to the originations, we it was myself, it was Andrew Bailey, and our other colleague Darren Mitchell who went and asked us as well. He now lives in Barbados and isn't really directly involved in the business. But Andrew and I and Darren, we had a good friend of ours, Jordan Simmons. Very talented DJ, but nobody in the sort of popular circles knew about him. Uh, And one of the days we were sitting uh, in the living room at Darren's house and said, you know, Jordan or Simo, let's manage you. (laughs) Darren at that time had a lot of connections in the entertainment world. He worked for Carib and then for Heineken. Andrew and I had just moved back, we weren't as familiar, so Darren was leading the charge a lot, and saying, we can get you to play in the right places, if you go there and you do well, people will start noticing you, we change his look, we change his logo, and we basically brought him to the, the popular entertainment circles, and he blew up, he was extremely successful, to his credit, every opportunity he got to impress, he impressed. And he was, at that time, I would say the most popular DJ in Trinidad. Now, Private Ryan is obviously the most popular, but he was concentrating on his touring in terms of locally. Oh, Ultra Simo's name was buzzing the most at that time.
1: So what does like an artist manager do? Sure. Um, do you go as far as like looking after their health and what they eat? Or, you know, <laughs> sure. which...
2: so, so I think um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there, are, uh, there are different degrees of involvement. The least invasive is a booking agent, someone who just has a lot of relationships with promoters and they aren't involved in the artist's creativity or their product. They're just involved in selling their product. So I know these guys, I'm going to get you in these fets for this percentage of the booking fee. And then there is management, which is a lot more involved, which deals with, you know, it can get as deep as, and we get very deep at perception, and that's what we pride ourselves on. For us, it starts with the artist's artistry. Now, we aren't artists, but between the two of us, we yes, understand. are. <laughs> I mean, not show, yeah. I, know, right? I know, I know, right? Um, we understand artistry, both from the product and from the market, what people want and what the sound needs to be. And so we are... In every art or artist studio sessions, I specifically am preparing music and songs since so for me for next year for Iowa. We have, you know, we we had a good run at the, the road march for Carnival. We had a big year with Savannah. Since Carnival finished in February, his next Road March song, I got the idea in March. And I've been working on it since March. Not actively every day, but every month I'll go to the studio. The producer that I work with, Kyle Philip Chambas from Republic, he's sick of me. He's like this never-ending project, just trying to get it right. The music, the notes, the instruments we're gonna use, how it needs to build up. That's how involved we get with the artistry. Well,
1: that's something to look forward to, then.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard it here first, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> heard it here first. All right. Um, we Mark have a God monster whoa. coming.
2: Um, so it, it can get as involved as dealing with the artistry, dealing with the songs, the legal side of things, um, contract negotiations with the promoters additional lines of revenue can we do clothing lines can we do um hair extension lines for female artists makeup lines can we now make the artist not just a musician but a brand and build on the base i think people in trinidad don't do enough of that but because of my business background and andrew's background in in pr and communications that's our next um kind of spoke in the wheel is trying to make the artists business people. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, somebody like Iowa George is already a very successful businessman. He has several streams of revenue with his boots and his radio station, etc. But there are other things. Can we get, you know, co-branding with a product? You know, Iowa George is known for water and water songs. Can we do something with a a brand of water in Trinidad? So really trying to build the artist portfolio, starting with the entertainment base and seeing how we could build that out. We've had a very good success rate. I mentioned Ultra Swim was the first. And he did very well while he was on our management. DJ Anna was a DJ with a lot of talent. Female DJ from South Trinidad. Didn't really have a lot of exposure in the West, which is generally where, mm-hmm. you know, artists cut their teeth. and uh,
1: So what you're doing is definitely working. It is. So what if someone's interested? Um, how do they like, how do they get in touch with you? To Sure.
2: And so that's something we've been battling with. And As it stands right now with the resources of the business with just myself and Andrew and an administrative assistant, we are at capacity. So currently our roster includes Iowa George, Alison Hines, and Rome. Um, (laughs) Yes, Rome was on episode four. And Rome in his own right is an entrepreneur and an artist and a host, wonderfully talented. He was the first artist that we managed and we used the first artist that we actually ever approached and said... BC talent and you be one to be
0: a part of your story. I like that you said that. So let's get into the story. Now. Mm-hmm. You start in 2013, you're mm-hmm. actually in 2015. Let's walk through your booking room, Right. You're booking your friend John Simmons. Mm-hmm. Then you end up booking well, you have Pfizer you?
2: Well, so we'll get to Pfizer. So the chronology of the artist was this. Mm-hmm. It was Simo first, I'm right. um, ultra Simo. And that was just for play. We, weren't, was, no, we didn't have a as business your brethren, say, As say, your veterans. Right. people just knew us as the guys around Sebo. Then there was Anna. And Anna had a lot of success under us. And her visibility so definitely he grew. So started DJs? Just strictly with DJs. Okay. We had another DJ named DJ868, 868, David868. 868. So we had three DJs at that time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Simultaneously, and what was working for us well, is that we were getting in the event <laughs> management space. We had been helping Brian Lara. He gave us the opportunity actually to assist him in his vet.
0: So this is another thing Meg like over here. So you have <laughs> all these big name connections. How you get these connections and how you... It's all oh,
2: now, man. It's, it really is. It's I can't even say that, you know, I put myself in the right places, but maybe I do inadvertently. The Lara relationship actually started with Andrew and Simo and Darren when I was still in the US. So this was early 2013. They literally were like, let's go up and drive up by Brian Lara's house. And Brian Lara was right there on the driveway. Just like that? And they came Things out of
1: the car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in Introduced themselves
2: to him. not know Didn't know them. And he was like, come on, <laughs> say us, have a beer," And started talking about what we do, who so we no, are. No, no, Literally.
1: No. Driving by
0: Brian These two out. strange <laughs> men show up. Right?
2: Three, 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 you know, young guys show up. Brian was doing some work in the yard mm-hmm. um, with some of the workmen on the slope. And they were just like, hey, Brian... Pleasure to meet you. You know, we are big fans. And he's like, okay, he started talking. This is what we do. We involved in, you know, he's a DJ, whatever, whatever. He was like, all right, I don't want to talk in this hot son. Come have a beer upstairs and we'll talk.
0: I like that hustle. Go
2: on. Yeah. And they had a good conversation. Simo at that time was now breaking out. And so he was like, you know, my daughter having a party here next week. I do have a DJ. Come and DJ. I'll see if you're any good. <laughs> oh, for free? For free. Yeah. Come DJ for uh-huh. free.
0: Smart Brian. Come oh.
2: DJ for free. Yeah, exactly. I know, right? <laughs> Come DJ for free, see if you're any good. And that's how the relationship started. He did well. He had a corporate event at his house a couple weeks later, a Christmas party. He did well again. And then he was like, All right, similar way to play at my um at my carnival party. And by that time i came back to Trinidad, i met Brian.
0: But at that time it was time to pay, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No at, at that point it was like Brian hey, he's, do this thing, Brian. he's
2: reliable. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, he's good, he's reliable. And then we started just helping Brian with the event, on the night of the event or the day of the event, even the conceptualizing of it. So Simo started blowing up. Anna started doing very, very well for herself. At that time, Benny at Rush Street had approached us to do a Friday night event at, at Rush Street.
0: This is the guy who owns Rush Street. This is the guy who owns one of the large mass bands. Does yes. he own the mass band? He
2: doesn't own it. He's one of the shareholders. One of the, share yeah, he's one of the shareholders. one of the shareholders the mass band and he owns um Woodford Cafe in Central. Right. So very, very... And has, long long history in entertainment i mean since woodford yeah. cafe days in Porto, spain and beyond he has strong relations with everybody in the industry and um, at that time simo was bubbling so he kind of said listen i want simo here on a friday and we said well benny we actually do events he can actually do the friday for you and he's like all right let's see how it goes emma, up, emma's
0: just shaking head emma that's they are upselling no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want to know
2: and yo that those Friday nights out of our street during that time, you have been to a few of them. When
1: was that? That was. This I've been to a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when was this boy? Let me see. This was probably to quite a few myself. This was probably 2016 20,
1: 2015,
2: 2015. 2015. Um, so I would say maybe summer, and then we did it for about a year. For about a year. We were blown away by the success. We were blown away by the success. I think
1: we've all crossed paths before. Oh, definitely,
2: <laughs> definitely. That Friday night upstairs, in that, that Friday night was lit. Yeah. That yeah. Friday night was lit. Yeah, Good bro. crowd, nice music. So we had all our DJs play there. So that became sort of the hub of perception. We had Simo there, Anna there, David 868, Rome on occasion will come in and MC and host and Mike.
1: So that was the base.
2: Yeah, that became the base. And we met a lot of people through there. Uh, Russian, those are the days. I missed the Russian days. I feel like there's a it's whole in Trinidad nightlife because of the indoor-outdoor feel and the type of people that would, it was just nice. So Rome was the first artist that we, we approached. This was during the time of One Wine. So this had to be maybe 2014,
0: 2015. Right, because I know like around that time Rome was still around the place looking for producers, looking for Exactly, looking for management yes, and everything. He was still very much hustling on his own. He was still finally
2: trying to find himself as an artist. I liked that song, One Wine, and he just we saw him perform at Fluid. And people didn't really know the song, but he performed the head out of it. And we said, Yo, let's approach this guy. We never really managed an artist before, but let's you know, let's see how this goes. And he sat with us and he's a businessman. So he came with his new pad and said, let me hear what I have to tell me. Yes. Room loves to write. Yeah, let me hear what I have to tell me. And we said, listen, we see potential in you." He told us more about himself. He said, we want to connect you with the right producers, with the right songwriters to get your sound a bit crisper. And we want to help elevate your market your push you. And he said, okay, I'll give you guys a shot. You guys sold it well. And that was three or four years ago and Room, we're still going stronger with Rome, room his profile has grown Room is now the marshal of Parang he's now the, the, <laughs> one of the top Parang I would say he's probably the top name in Parang in terms of people releasing new content obviously they're the legends the scrunter the baron but Room is the guy that people look forward to his new Parang every year he's one of the top hosts in Trinidad weddings corporate one of the most versatile I would say he's one of the most versatile entertainers in Trinidad and the sky's the limit for that guy
1: um, Andre uh, so Mm -hmm. Where do you see perception or where do you want to see perception going? And who are your big competitors?
2: Sure. You know, people ask us a competitor question a lot and I I never have the right answer. Where do we see perception going? As much as I think it's great to have a long-term strategic or a five-year view, I don't have that yet for perception because I never envisioned perception management.
1: It sounds very evolving.
2: Being... um, being what it is now, honestly. We really kind of stumbled upon it and, and realized we were good at it. You know, right now, as I said, our catalog is, you know, Rome, Iowa, George, um, Alison Hines. And so in the next kind of three to five years, I would like for Iowa and Allison as sort of more mature artists with catalog to sort of reinvent themselves a new catalog. So have sort of a nice run of four or five hits that they can now draw upon in the latter years of their career and also make sure that, there can be side businesses that sprout out of their entertainment influence. So setting them up for the last 10, 15 years of their career well, from a business perspective, an artistry perspective. Um, with Room, just helping Room, just kind of being Room's advisors, his sounding board for all things entertainment, even business. We have some really interesting things and projects. Some we can speak about, some we can't speak about coming up with Room in the next year, two years, three years. And really just building that partnership Rome is Rome is as responsible or even more responsible for his success than we are Rome works very hard he's assiduous he is driven and we are just his support system to be honest
1: it sounds like you guys are going to have a big impact on the music that we're going to be hearing in the next you know
2: yeah few yeah. years coming I, I think for carnival for christmas and carnival christmas 2018 carnival 2019 you're going to see that Rome, Iowa George, and Alison Hines are going to be the artist names that are going to be calling. They're going to have big ears, huge ears. You should hear some of the stuff we have for Alison.
0: You're writing songs for her too? We're not
2: writing for Alison because my writing style, I don't think is there for Alison yet. Usually it takes me being around an artist for a while to even get the vibe. My top two artists of all time before I managed Iowa George were Michael Jackson and Iowa George. So okay. I was studying Iowa George... I could tell you everything about Iowa Judge catalogue from way before I even managed him. So when people who knew me as an Iowa fanatic in Howard and in Naps knew that I writing and managing an Iowa just no, they can't believe it.
0: Before you came at Savannah, right. For 17 years, <laughs> I was <laughs> Iowa did not have a, a road march song. Yeah. Until was it a wake-up in the morning, morning. and I just realized. Realize. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Uh, right, mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah. And um,
2: The way Savannah happened, we were fooling around in the studio. I was trying to write a a water song for Iowa. Of course. And I was working with Kyle Phillips in the studio, and another young kind of creative Bjorn Graham. And I was trying to, because I'm not, I know what I want things to sound like, but I'm only now learning how to articulate them to people who are musically inclined. Right? Like, I want this to sound like this, but to translate it can be difficult.
0: Emma, he coming over to the soaker just now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andre going to sing a soccer. I yeah. had my
2: time in the front line, my one year, I'm good. Um, so, we were playing around, and I was trying to have them create a beat for a demo I was doing. And then, Bjorn played some chords. I was like, yo, forget what we do now. I want to write around that. So, we build out our beat. I wrote a song called Weatherman. It was bad song, too. Eh? Mm-hmm. Bad song called Weather Man. Where do you tune? On the rhythm, I was saying, nah, I don't want to a song, I want a road march. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, this was like in July, August. So I said, all right, I wrote another song on so he
0: it. he wanted a road match. Yeah, he, he was wanted like, to come back what, up. what
2: he was saying was the sound of it, it felt more road marchy. Right, It felt more like road power, not like, he's like his water songs to be kind of jab, more jab, jab influence. Right, right, right. right this right. one was more like, you know, the, 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 the snare and the, 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 the tempo of it felt more like, you call it a, a traditional power. So it's our road match. So I wrote another song on it. I, I didn't even like it that much. So I scrapped it before even, before even sent it to Andrew, like Andrew, listen to this. I scrapped it like that. And then I remember the year before, Iowa told me about an idea about, you know, nobody ever really write about the Savannah. The Savannah, if you talk about the stage, the stage, but the Savannah is the, the Mecca. And I was like, let me try something with Savannah. And... Yeah, piece by that's piece.
1: That's my daughter's favorite song, see, a High five, <laughs> daughter. Great dance. Her, her name is Savannah as well. Oh, yeah. So, look so She does okay, right extra vibe oh, from oh it.
2: Oh, to Savannah. So, yeah. we're
0: heard this song, she said, Mama, we read. And
2: <laughs> wrote it piece, piece. And as it was coming together, I was like, this is going to make an impact. Nobody else thought so. The producers were like, nah, I don't really see what you're seeing, but I'll look at you. Other people listening was like, nah, not really. Well, the amount of like, plants
0: that got outrooted like, because of the sun. You
2: send to certain people in the industry, people with confidence. I wouldn't call the names, but big ones. Yo, listen to them demo there. Fellas this is night, you know. Fellas, this is good, you know. Seriously. You know who real champion it and who was giving like that last minute feed? Like, alright, this is good? Brian. Lara. Lara is usually. Be like, use a writer, I made something you write. Usually, you don't really take more now.
0: Oh, so, Brian's your partner now?
2: Yeah, we good, we good. So, we all up him right we're like, by him by the end. He's not driving
0: on my Brian. All right. Let's
2: see what <laughs> like, Brian, um, listen to this song now. He said, write it. come to my head. But on that kicks now, he wasn't really, um, he didn't really take for seriously in that regard yet. So, when I, when I played for him, and he listening, this is the demo, this is for I, even recorded, recorded. it's just the, the demo version. And he was like, You write this? I was like, Yeah. And he was like, yo, that song, that song bad. I was like, Brian, is serious? He was like, no, that song bad. I left there at night. The next morning, he messaged me. He said, Send me, I want to let Russell on them here to lots of people. Mm. And he was like, that song bad. So I was like, Brian, who usually would Jokingly, Yeah, had this exactly. Yeah. He was like, "Yo, that song bad."
0: Brian, yeah. come <laughs> so, so when to he
2: go. when he validated it, I was like, "All right." So we 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 send it to Iowa, George. We had a roadmatch March for eh? send him it. Send him it. Send it a day pass. Two days fast. We Ooh. ain't from <laughs> Like, Wait, boy. You know, you said again, a risky yeah, tech. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. Yo, come yeah. out with man. It's like red. You just leave it on red. <laughs> yeah, boy. You seen them two blue ticks. Yeah, blue ticks. <laughs> so was, we were like, um, we call him George. He talked about some other stuff. And he was like, George, you, you listen to the song? Yeah. I already know, fellas. I don't really like it. He wanted something more job, job. We couldn't believe it. We spent two days thinking like, okay, I guess we had to sell this song. We sell it. we not letting the song waste. This song bad. And then he called back like the morning that we were contemplating who could sing this song. Called like, fellas, uh, don't hurt up all your head. I listen this song properly. Let me record it. Let me do it. I was like, yes, thank God. So we recorded. We do have the little press release to try to get people like, oh my God. He didn't even know we were doing the press release. He called us like, fellas, people call him on phone. What's going on? So we did a pressure sing. he coming to win a road match. You have a big tune coming. Bit all the hype. Release it that day. And people fight it on. Get real fight. You're a negative Seriously? comment. Oh my, you know. Go to the first of the comments man, I get if it got if it got a hundred comments on YouTube that day, boxing day, 75% of them would. This is madness. This this is not good at all. all I right, what well, you had us waiting a whole night for this. Terrible. This song, <laughs> madness. No the singing terrible, the vocals terrible, the production terrible, the writing song like a nursery rhyme. Burn it out. So I was like, so my is bad then. And slowly with every performance, we just started putting on footage of him just performing it and people going crazy. And it just built it, built it, built it. It started Dong Tong. It started building the Uptong sets, And by January, it was all the rave. Mama, we reach. Um, and so it was, a, it was a great year for us. It was a great carnival season. A great year, a learning experience. We didn't win. We came second in a road match but that won't happen again.
0: But tell me something. How come you, got, how come, like the Iowa model, right? Was mm-hmm. Why is it more like a one song model? So you see like, it's compared, right, let's say Marshall. Right. right? Everybody mm-hmm, know who mm-hmm, Marshall mm-hmm. is. So you see Marshall come out with a repertoire 12 mm-hmm. five to eight, yep. up to 12 songs yep. and all. Why is it that Iowa will come out with this one song and just kind of write that song?
2: I don't know if it's deliberate, but maybe it's, it may be efficiency. Mm. Right? Music is not cheap. And for Iowa, and I can't speak directly. he's not a key about to us. So I only gonna do one, but Marshall is different. All of that, so Marshall right. would. So, listen, I'm going to invest, I'm going to do 10 songs. So, he would usually give you maybe two power songs, a whining song, a jump up song,
0: four or four, five, yeah, four or five sure. groovy. You have a
2: release formula yep. as well, a couple collabs with some people you never really heard about before. He would usually do collabs when you did the Angela Hunt collab, when you did the collab for um, these guys, these, Zone, the yes, guys. Exactly, Right yeah, 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 right, right. And so, he usually has a big catalog. I was a little bit more efficient, I would say. He he tries to feel feel out the vibe of the carnival and then you usually give you two or three two or three songs in the carnival and hope one stick i don't mind the approach i prefer it for iowa because i know once we hit with it and now i have a lot more confidence that when we do this song the song will hit because of how involved i am in it until i fail, so far i think we learned a lot last season that we will incorporate this season to make sure he has another strong, strong air.
1: Do you incorporate any of your um, investment banking skills or is it completely just in, gone? In No, for
0: sure. Wait, i uh, spreadsheets, man.
2: <laughs> for sure. Um, because, you know, outside of the entertainment business, I still do consulting, valuation, business modeling. So I still do have that corporate side. But even in entertainment, just general professional, just being a businessman. Right. So we talks with a, one of our artists about a distribution deal for them to be the sole distributor for a product in their territory. That distribution contract comes in. I review it, look through it. I would know how to market it. Up. Now, obviously, I would you know I would lean on my friend who is a legal in the legal profession as well, just to make sure that I cross my eyes and dot my T. But I can review documents and have proper context and opinions, so you no know one needs to be included, what not, needs to be taken out. Business always helps. right? Having a proper business background always helps. So maybe not investment banking specific stuff, but being good at PowerPoint, being good at doing proposals for the artists, for perception management, to pitch, to do events or to get sponsorship or to have this person be endorsed by this brand. Business writing, numbers, those things never, they, they can be incorporated in any sector or segment for sure.
0: It's so another similarity between what you do at perception management and what, what we do in investment banking is that you'll have to manage two relationships on either side, right? Yeah. So you have to manage the client relationship and you'll manage, okay, well, investment banking, you have an investor on one side and a, cl- yeah. and a client on one side. Mm-hmm. In perception management, you'll have the client on one side who's the people who book in you guys yeah. or book in your artists and yep. then you have to manage the artists on yeah, the other it's, side. It's, So I guess it's that kind of similar
2: balance. You're right. I never never really thought of it, but it is a
0: balancing act.
1: So what, the client is like the investment portfolio or something? I guess. I (laughs) I think his
0: portfolio (laughs) is more like, all right, so I have Iowa, I have Mm -hmm. Alison, I have room. Yeah. And well, divest of all the DJs, right? You don't. You don't yeah, we don't. You don't do I mean, we still anymore. have great
2: relationship with Simo with Anna because they were, you know, Simo well, you was friend friends first, but, but. and Anna we grew into a friendship, and um, she works very closely with Simo now. Simo does a lot of the MCing for her. So um, yes, yeah, I have great and relationship, and
1: you're moving yeah. into a lot of the um, MNAs, aren't you? In terms of the branding and products. I
2: guess so. Ah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it all does work, but it is a balancing act. I think every artist is a different personality. And that, at times, you need to nuance and understand how to balance dealing with each room. It's very different from Allison. It's very different from Iowa. Room's needs are very different to Allison's needs, very different to Iowa's needs.
0: How do you manage it, though? Because it's you and Andrew, and I want to come back to how you'll be able to land Iowa and Right, yeah, sure. I want to get back to that. But how do you manage it? Because room... Rome has events to host every, yeah. almost every weekend. He, mm-hmm. he has mm-hmm. wedding books yeah, months sure. in advance and everything mm-hmm. during carnival season or during Christmas season. He right. has all these parang performances and right. stuff to make. I see you in New York, Barbados, yeah. Yeah. It's,
2: Amsterdam, yeah, it's San a, Diego. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot. I think um, because each artist is different, it allows us some flexibility, but that is something that we want to increase our representation. So I'll give you an example. So Room. It's generally very hands-on. So we don't need to be at all of his hostings. He would go, he would liaise with the promoter, he would collect the check. The checks usually in our name, he give it to us. He's usually good at that. Where he needs support or where we need to now start aligning and going to the gigs is when the Christmas season, the carnival season comes around, he has performing gigs. You want good footage. And especially during the Christmas season where he has three, four, five events a night. He needs somebody to go with him to deal with the promoter. He can't do all of that and perform. It's different when it's just a one-off, a hosting or a wedding. He can go host. But when it's multiple a night, he needs that representation. It can get difficult. And I think we need to do more representation for him because he is getting more popular and busier for the Christmas periods. And so we need to figure out how that representation is going to work. That's one of our things that we work in progress with us. Alison She tours a lot. Her and Iowa, I think she probably tours maybe slightly more than Iowa. So that requires representation internationally. And then she doesn't live here. So it's a lot of communication because she lives in Barbados. But then she's touring. So every other weekend, she's usually somewhere. Um, And it's usually myself or Andrew. Sometimes we would both go. And then Iowa, I was cousin Anson George is a part of the management team by extension in that he does bookings for Iowa as well and does a lot of the representation for Iowa. He had been Iowa's manager previous to Perception for quite a while. He has a ton of relationships in the industry and obviously his family. So he does a lot of the representation and then sometimes Iowa just picks up himself and, and, and does it. He's been doing it longer than we have been alive, right? He's 30 something years in the business. But for Carnival, it gets difficult because a big part of, of success for Iowa is footage. Is people seeing that his songs are having the impact on the crowd, it has. The I know brand.
0: you're the footage guy, because I will see Iowa mash on the stage or Alison <laughs> Wine on the stage singing. Yeah. That song, and you, I will see you in the corner, they will take a camera
2: <laughs> Footage. I mean social media at age, it's all about people seeing the impact the artists have. Top of mind. And so that's very important. So it's difficult to manage all of it. We may need to increase staff, to be honest. I think um but the seasons we are anticipating Room, Alison and I were to have in the next six to eight months, we would probably need to hire some road managers, some additional administrative support, because it gets crazy for uh, Carnival. This time,
1: for the last Carnival, you were doing this and actually working. Yes,
2: I was working full-time, uh, eight to five, six jobs. So had to be at work every day at eight, uh, go to the feds, get home at three, sleep for three hours, back on the road to go to work, so... Um, you yeah' one of these like
1: three-hour sleepers? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Those last two weeks before Carnival where there were events Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, it got pretty hectic. Alison, how did we meet Alison? <laughs> so part of our event management portfolio transition from Rush Street to Vass. We met with the owners of Vass and they were at that time a new nightclub but on the street.
0: Like just like around the corner. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, we met with the... Yeah, we met with the, the owners and we conceptualized something called Carnivass.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Carnivas Thursdays. It was based on the Woodford Cafe Port of model of old, where you get to go to a club intimate setting and see artists perform live. This was last year? We started 2017 Carnival and last year was our second year. Yeah, I think I went to one of those Yeah, on
1: the
2: 2017. Yeah, nice. And so... It was based on artists, live performances every Thursday. You come in, you as a low cover or no cover and get to see your favorite artists up close, personal, hang with them, whatever. So Alison was in town with her management at that time doing radio interviews. She was doing one at Iowa Station. Andrew works out of Iowa's radio station, his office on Marava Road. Okay. So she saw, he saw her and was like, hey, Alison, pleasure to meet you. This is who we are. This is what we do. We'd love for you to...
0: Andrew is a yeah yeah, yeah,
2: Andrew is he's, he's excellent at that. He would strike up that conversation, make that introduction and make that link. So he said, so we do, would love for you to come by. It's later today. Come sing a couple songs. It's been a while since Trinidad has really seen you like that. Come. So she was like, okay, I'll talk with my manager. And see, the manager declined. She said, no, Alison Hines. She has a brand. Not do nothing for free. Because at that time, it was like, just come do it for free. Couple of songs just to get back over there. She was willing. The management didn't want it. We understood. She said, hey, but I'll still come. I'll still come see the vibe, build the vibe. That night, we had Kess, Voice, Pretty Marshall was in the building. He didn't perform. But Marshall came to the event. So that, that was a lit night. night. Okay, Place was around... Scramram. scramram and alison was on stage with us just watching the performances and then all of a sudden when the nc introduced alison i in the building the crowd started singing roll it girl acapella like everybody just on cue so she was emotional and she was like wow so she was like alison you have to touch your mic <laughs> so she went mm-hmm. she sang a couple of songs They give her mad love Emma,
0: they tricked her. <laughs> exactly
2: after the interview i'll show the clip of that performance okay. we had a videographer there and so she had a great time. We were talking about what we do and whatever. And she actually went out the next night with us, just kind of around Port of Spain, and she was just talking about her career and whatever, because, I mean, we are fans, right? And we were telling her, this is what we do. She hadn't had the success in the local market, in Trinidad market for a while. Right. She had been touring successfully all these years, but somehow Trinidad, it wasn't really working for her. And so by the end of that trip, so this was like in December, I want to say, she said, I'm coming for the week before Carnival. December
0: 2017?
2: 2016. 16. okay. I'm coming for the week of Carnival. I have one gig. We said, we're going to get more gigs here. Yeah. We did not have any official arrangement? we just going mm-hmm. to Alison Hines, you're coming for one gig? Nah. We're going to talk, call promoter and say, yo, book Alison Hines. We have Alison Hines, wherever, wherever. We're going getting like three or four more gigs on now in that week. And at the end of it, she said, I want you to represent me in Trinidad. And then... I year tell us like, I want you all to take it on my full portfolio. So okay, now we so manage my so fully. You
0: represent, then Trinidad. and you'll have the... the Parent management? management,
2: yeah, represent. I just okay. Barbados and globally. And and globally? Yeah, they would do all, to- okay. all the tours. This is Just kind of okay. Trinidad. And And uh, after a year of performance, we are now managing a full portfolio. I
0: want to know Excellent. how you're well you able to kick out this man. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think, um, I think our performance speaks for itself. I think mm-hmm. we are professional. Um, I think a lot of times because it's entertainment people feel like you don't need professionalism in it there are a lot of creatives in entertainment which is what makes entertainment good and fun but at times the business and the professionalism can be overlooked Mm -hmm. and so I think people just gravitate towards Andrew and I's sense of professionalism when we joke around we kick around but when it comes to the business we treat Mm -hmm. it
1: like a From business. A, so yeah. The way
2: we dress, the way we would speak with the artists, the way we'd articulate our plans for them. And the fact that we do what we say we're going to do. She loved that. She said, one thing that drew me to you all was that you all said what you're gonna do and you were pit bulls for me and did what you all were gonna do. So you all did it. Y'all the accountability in business is something that doesn't exist everywhere. Yeah,
1: you have to deliver.
2: Exactly. You have to deliver in business, mm-hmm. budgeting, all that. You have to hit your numbers. You have to so when you make promises, you kind of say, Well. Didn't happen. So we were very professional in terms of delivering what we said we we're going to deliver, having post mortems of seasons. Okay. This is what went well, this what didn't this what didn't go well. This is what I think your song needs to be like next year. Like we're into it. It
1: sounds like you got good systems in place as well. And
2: unofficially. Unofficially. Mm. But just kind of naturally. And I think as we grow, we want to kind of incorporate them and make them more formal. But it's just our background mixed with our being in touch with the entertainment. I think now we are so in touch with the local entertainment scene, like we know like we hear song we do know that's going to hit we know when an artist is going to have a big year based on how he bubbling in december we know when stuff might fade away we know what an artist needs man if he only had this he would have gone from a mediocre year to a great year mm-hmm. or this is why xyz is having a great year so we really study the business of the soca and entertainment industry in trinidad and regionally and now as you grow internationally and seeing how how do you break into the european market how do you break into the music festivals in europe where soca isn't based on familiar songs it's based on your it's stage the, show, it's your growing performance. it is so growing definitely absolutely room there ton of room there how do we you know start doing european club scene how do we start making music to, to break into that you know so I think we've mastered. i would say we mastered the local X factor, exactly <laughs> stuff like that right like so out mm-hmm. like left field and and
0: he's, he's killing it yeah you should have seen it so jesus manager on facebook the next day uh, <laughs> you want bookings right, right. to call right. me now all of a sudden all the song songs been on right, the radio John.
2: more mm-hmm. his songs been on the radio more he getting booked a lot like he was booked for the cpl final in brand lara he's the first artist i saw booked for so kind mocha next year this is just based on him being on x Factor. When I
1: saw him go on x Factor, I was like, that is just... Yeah. Uh, that was just genius, an amazing, genius, no. genius move. Yeah. Genius, genius.
2: Yeah. Especially for somebody such a performer. Something Alison yeah. and the team we were talking about, Alison was here recently, doing some recording and so on. And we were talking about Ola Tunji and the performance and, we, and something we said, we take for granted here how many strong performers we have in soccer because the relentlessness of the crowd demands a strong performance.
1: The bar set high.
2: The bar set high. So you could have the most popular song. If you're coming and not giving us that energy in the Caribbean,
0: we'll stand up and watch you. And that's funny because I looked at the other two mm-hmm. and I like, okay, it's well, good. I mean, it's a right. normal soccer performance. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Simon they were, and wow, they were like, were, oh my amazed. goodness. He's they were amazed. a
2: Superstar. They were amazed. A but it's because to, to, to be successful as a performer in soccer, your performance had to be up there internationally, right? If you ever hit song internationally mm. and you're going on tour, you could stand on the song mm, and everybody's screaming seven. every word and they're going mad for you because the song's so popular. do not what they here. Your song could be popular. What you have for me? What are you doing?
1: To have the performance have to Stage have, presence. and that's
2: ingrained in a lot of the top artists, especially somebody like Ula older who you could dance, who have your look, who have your personality. And yeah, so just same thing you said, it was like it was a solid performance, right? right. Yeah, but to Simon and to the UK, it was this man is an absolute global superstar. superstar. So, good best of luck to him. <laughs>
0: hope, he, hope he continues to do well. So, again, looking at your portfolio, it mm-hmm. looks like you're overweight in soccer, yes. So do you have any plans to diversify? You want to expand into other genres or so?
2: Um, Maybe. You know, I haven't haven't given it much thought. Again, all of this is sort of happening before our eyes. I wouldn't turn on the right opportunity, but I would need, before I take on that artist, I would need to think through a strategy. Andrew, I need to think through how we can make this work. The worst thing you could do in management is take on an artist. Make certain promises with them and not be able to deliver for them, and we're so wary of that. So we don't. We've been approached by by quite a few artists who've kind of seen us in the field and seen what we've done, and we all be honest, they say, "Guys, you've done a really. You, you're all doing things. You're all moving around here. People noticing you, and we appreciate that."
1: And you know, you say you're blowing up, and it sounds like it just happened. But is there any more purposefulness there? Were you dreaming this? Did you have it stuck on your wall? This is what I want to be. No. It just happened?
2: It just... It happened. And while it was happening, we lived in the moment and we mm-hmm. did the best job we could do. And that, apparently, is a very, very good job. Definitely room for improvement. I mean, there are a ton of things we know we need to work on as a management team. There are a ton of things we could have done better. When we when we look back at the season or how this could have gone for artists or a mistake you might have made it to artists, ton of room to grow, by, by all means. Not just tooting to up, we made mistakes along with our successes, but I think we're in a place now where we're like, we're zoned. We're zoned in on next, like we, you're going to see every art. If one artist out of the three artists even have a mediocre season, we're taking that on us. So we're taking it personally now.
0: So you said he made a lot of mistakes. You, wanna any, sure. you want to share a story? of have one of the bigger mistakes? And it was, no, like, tell it, tell sure. us like we're watching it in a movie. Or sure.
2: Uh, uh, huh.
1: No pressure. I think, in the middle um, of a
0: movie, you know the bad part?
2: I think and and it wouldn't be this is more this is less of a one specific mistake and more of a uh, general mistake and I can call names there was a point where our portfolio included Ultra Simu DJ Anna DJ David 868 Iowa George and Rome okay and it was just the two of us and one thing with artist management is it requires time. Like there's no substitute for time put in. Personalized time. No artist wants to feel like they are part of a a zoo, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Or that we have a ton of artists to manage. And we don't have time. Every artist wants a personalized right, feel. Yep. And at that time, we were kind of young and green with it. We, we were in over our heads. We weren't paying enough attention to each of the artists. Some of the artists were raising that as a concern. Yo, you're also busy with this one or that one or this artist getting all the priority mm-hmm. and this artist getting more priority and more time and you're not focusing on me.
0: Would it be one of the artists or one of the DJs making that claim? Because I noticed you're talking to um, a mix of DJs both, and a mix of both, 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 okay. both, both of
2: them. Um, One person in particular was like, fellas, although only, all only spending time with X, Y, and Z and all lot of time for me, time, we, 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 we were in over our heads. And I think um the quality of management we were able to deliver suffered as a result and i think with that one artist in particular there was a lot of missed opportunity that season and had we been on the ball we would have captured and he would have experienced maybe even faster growth i think we've learned our lesson all to the point where we have three artists three diverse artists right so rome who younger generation more host mc strong and parang, so Heightened Christmas, trying to make his full imprint on Soca, trying to break on the outside. Young in his career, growing, building momentum. Alison Hines, deeper in her career, big catalog, global queens, Queen of heavy touring already. Now she wants to build a new set of catalog and branch into different things around entertainment. Can we do TV, can we do books, can we do merchandise, nice? That's of thing. And She wants
0: to do like concerts and stuff now? Exactly, exactly.
2: So what's next, right? I've toured all over, done the carnivals. What's the next step as an entertainer, as one of the top entertainers coming out of the Caribbean? So that's exciting, but it's different than rooms mission. And then Iowa George, who, um, again, I was the biggest fan of Iowa George, and man, it, it felt so good last year, being a part of his success and seeing his success. And Iowa's just different. Iowa is... Iowa is Iowa, man. Iowa is Iowa. <laughs> Iowa is Iowa. Um, but kind of similar to Alison in that we want to hit hard in the in the back end of his career. We want to... We're not going out... We're going out blazing guns.
1: When do you go out? What, in, what is the go-out or sell-by dates, you think? For those artists? For or artists, or for artists
2: in general. It depends on the artist, man. Look at, Calypso, look at Calypso Rose. Calypso Rose is well up there in age. And doing three, four shows a week in Europe. In Europe. Um, So to me, as long as an artist can keep reinventing themselves and they have the right team around them, there is no shelf life as long as they still have the passion.
0: How do you manage team though? So it's just you and Andrew. How is it working with your best friend for all these years? And how do you all
2: split the rules and everything? um, Some of it is organic and some of it is starting to fall in play. I think Andrew... I'm um, handles a lot of the promoter relationships and and kind of that initial, initial reach out and relationship. He probably does maybe 70% of that. And a lot of that was because of the fact that I used to be so busy during the day that he would be the one handling most of the calls, right? I was might be a meeting or something like that. He had a bit more flexibility during his day. And so that's how that happened. So he does a lot of that. I am a bit more on the, on the music and creative side so I would be in the studio months before Carnival trying to figure out sounds, trying to f- write, trying to create, trying to, to get things in instead. But uh, he's also good in the studio as well. I usually run a lot of this stuff when it's near completion by him. And he'd say, eh, I don't like this. So change changes. He's very blunt and very direct and very to the point. So, I think other than that, we kind of just share all the roles, man. It's kind of like he would do proposals, I would do proposals. He would host meetings, I would host meetings. He would do representation and filming. I so it's kind of like we share a lot of the same skill sets. There are a couple that he may be a bit stronger or I might be a bit stronger. But for the most part, it's like, let's divide and conquer.
0: So structure-wise, you guys have formally issued chairs and all of that? No. It's just like listen, the What's bit going on, there. boss.
2: Just, it, we haven't formally issued shares. I mean, I guess formally we have because we've registered the business and you any business. is yeah, but I
0: mean, have you gotten a lawyer like Emma to go ahead and hello? If, <laughs> haven't?
2: Haven't we just we just say it's me and you 5015 this thing, but we haven't officially gone through the process. you have been so busy touring. <laughs> but we should and we will. And as it again, remember a lot of this happened. And you know, we do need to take time to step out of that maybe at the end of this upcoming hectic season to put things in place to make sure we have structure to build a big business
1: yeah and i think there's only so much you can do so i guess yeah. that's when you look for your support
0: yes. right so i mean you have somebody actively managing the finances and stuff i, mean, I know you are a financial expert yeah it's, expert ju- model, it's just us
2: uh, it's just us we manage the finances we managing the ins and outs we managing all the business transactions and music being producers Money coming in from promoters. We doing we doing a lot. We probably doing a little too much, to be
0: honest. I mean, that's what I'm getting too. So, um, in terms of capacity, like yeah. how do you, if you want to scale, you want to get bigger, because I don't think you just want to be hey two guys managing three artists. I think I think we definitely, and, and this isn't even to scale to
2: more artists, but to get the best of us to get the maximum potential for the ones we already have, we do need to scale. Um, we need to get some additional administrative support. And then I would say some more representation support. I think once because we get so caught up in the admin and the minutiae that we don't get enough times to plan and think and be just doing. And, you know, Effective management is being able to create and brainstorm outside of having to deal with the task. Oh, we need to do this yet. You sent all this yet. You do have this contract yet. be
1: bugged down by administration. Exactly. And, stuff. and
2: that's what's happening right now where, because of the volume of Iowa doing a lot of stuff, Rome doing a lot of hosting and weddings right now, and we'll be doing a lot of parang. When the going gets tough, our inbox is lit. It's like 20, 25 inboxes, a, our emails a day, and then sometimes you go two days, three days and forget to respond to this guy and you message again like, yo, what so we do need, I think, primarily administrative support so that we can manage.
0: And what about like a website and stuff, like your own website?
2: Yeah, all, uh, listen, all of that, as the business grows and develops, we need to grow up, with the bu- like the business needs to grow up. The business is still sort of like a toddler, even though we have achieved so a sort strong of toddler, adolescent success, yeah. Um, and so we need to, catch that up where we are now in terms of stature um, in terms of growing notoriety to the success with artists so far and success to come the business still has to catch up
0: we spend a lot of time talking about how you manage the artists and stuff mm-hmm. but in terms of managing like the customer expectations people who book you and everything yep. have you ever had instances where like say customers book you and say hey we are not satisfied this artist showed up late this is unprofessional or anything like that and how do you deal with that Sure. That's two guys. Sure. We
2: have had instances where promoters were not happy. You know, I would say that happens generally and usually during um the carnival season. So sort of the last two to three weeks of carnival, for instance, last year, you know, Iowa was doing as many as eight, nine gigs in a night wow. in various parts of Trinidad. And a lot of times the way it works is if an artist is scheduled to perform at 10.30 and he shows up at 10.30 but the event is running late he is automatically late for his next
1: right, yes, four or five minutes
2: right and so there were times during the hecticness of carnival where we would be super late for an event And promoters would not be happy because their event might be running on time. And because somebody else's event isn't on time or because there's traffic or something, we may be late. Some of it is preventable. A lot of it deep in carnival is very difficult to prevent. But again, growing pains. Next year, we will try to book more responsibly and maybe afford more time in between gigs or get to the point where we say we can't take no additional Mm -hmm. gigs on this day just make those kind of mature responsible decisions. So all that's a part of the growing pains. But yes, that has happened and the most you can do is say, listen, we apologize. We will make it up to you in some way, shape or form to the extent we are really in fault. So maybe the next time you will get priority in terms of time, maybe the next time we may give you a discount on the booking. And so, there are ways to deal with it.
1: And I guess it's all about that professionalism as well. Exactly. And and trying to
2: maintain that professionalism. I think, what we have going for us is we work in an industry where promoters understand things happen and stuff happens. So, you know, they, they're usually pretty good about it. But yeah, we have been instances where our promoters were not happy. And that's the part of the business that's not necessarily the nicest part of the business, but it's a part you have to deal with as a manager. It's not all fun and parties and so on and so forth. It's a lot of work. That sounds very stressful. Yeah, actually. people say, "Oh, you get to go all the so for Carnival. For <laughs> you get to go all the so for Carnival for free, and it must be fun and exciting." Uh, <laughs> at a point, it's work. <laughs> at a point, it's about getting there on time, liaising with the promoter, getting the second half of the of the of the arm of the balance getting on stage on time, making sure the DJ is plugged in right, going over the set with the artist to make sure we have the right songs for the crowd based on what we see, him executing the performance, videotaping the performance, leaving the venue, putting the clip of the video up on on Instagram and social media, and on to the next venue to do the same thing. And when do you
1: start taking bookings for Carnival? Have you started from from now? So
2: the local industry has has sort of gone through this weird um, transition over the last few years where promoters don't book their artists until they have heard 60% of the content. Right, okay. So they don't want to make a booking decision if in the, in the off case that an artist doesn't have a quote-unquote big song. So now booking decisions by promoters are made on the strength of songs. So you would find that none of the events have booked anybody. Now, there are some events that, yes, they usually would have Marshall, no matter what. They know Marshall coming with... Consistent quality. They know, you know, nine times out of 10, Marshall has two or three big songs for the season. And he is a big draw. So a lot of people, they know they have been Marshall already. But outside of that, um, a lot of times, promoters tend to wait and see. And so given that it's a late carnival this year in the beginning of March, Soka probably won't start being on heavy rotation on radio until December. And so you probably would find that promoters aren't making booking decisions until Mid to late December and January. So it
1: all happens while it's going on. Yes. But I mean I, I still think it's really exciting how Carnival is blowing up globally.
2: Yes, it is exciting.
1: And there's so many different places you can take it. So
2: many different places you can take it. I mean, and, and we have artists going to Japan. I know. Shout out to five star he was in Japan recently. Um they
1: have carnival in Japan now?
2: They um they don't have carnival per se, I don't think, but no, they have one in they Nigeria. Ce- they celebrate carnival culture in a big way in japan soka djs like dj anna have been to japan right. quite a lot bungee and Fean would in japan dj puffy just came from a japanese and a whole east asian tour recently wow. so soka music is big in, in japan and environs in, in europe i mean all over the world i mean soka music is is blowing up all over carnivals are popping at their places like i've learned of so many places that have carnivals
1: how was rotterdam
2: rotterdam was so fun that was probably the biggest crowd That one of the, yeah, probably the biggest crowd that um, I have stood in front of. It was like 35, 40,000 people in the street. I was Rotterdam.
1: at um, Notting Hill um, nice. last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course you well, were in Notting
2: Hill. Rotterdam was, I mean, I, always there. I love Rotterdam <laughs> as a city. I, you know, if I, will, if I had to go live in Europe, I think so far based on the city I visited, I would go there and base myself. I love Rotterdam.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was looking at that video and that crowd yeah, was, it was amazing. amazing, amazing and crowd. again, you were in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <from> amazing
2: crowd. <laughs> so, they appreciate music in general. They have really good talent like the, Alison was the headline, but she performed second mm-hmm. to last. And there was a Dutch band, a kind of a band that performed after her. I forgot. Anything. They were incredible, and the crowd was lit. So Rotterdam was amazing. Sounds exciting. Yeah, it was exciting. San we did San Diego Carnival this year. It's only I think the second or third year of existence, and so I've been able to see the established carnivals, the startup carnivals, the ones in between. So
1: I guess going with Alison has given you that kind of global yeah, experience, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm, for sure. For sure. Um, Soca music is doing big things. Ab- busy. Carnival culture, <laughs> <That's a laughs> yeah, fence. exactly. Uh, the immigration officers starting to, to yeah, you travel a lot, don't you? Like yeah, so yeah, it's it's. I think carnival, Caribbean culture is in, right? If you even look at the dancehall flavor in you know, a lot of hip hop or pop music right now, you remember Drake? The Drake started. It's kind of a year and a half ago. Sampling popular dancehall lines words collaborating with popcorn having dance while well, infusing his music and his slang the inroads people like bungee are making globally uh, you know caribbean culture because we have such a party happy culture that's in right now um and so it's for us to just keep at it and um you know do the right collabs continue touring continue showcasing our talent
1: sounds like exciting times
2: exciting times for the industry you know, what I like seeing is that we have a nice crop of young artists, um, young Soka artists, keeping the genre alive. Um, you know, with a, a, a new brand, when you hear kind of the voice and the Nihilas of the world, you really think that Soka has a bright future.
0: In your quiet time, when you sit down <laughs> and you dream of the future mm-hmm. and you think about, hey, boy, this is the way I want perception management to go, mm-hmm. what do we see? What are we looking at?
2: I think we are looking at a. Uh, full-service entertainment company that provides services that allows creatives to handle their business better and to bridge the gap between business and creativity, locally, regionally, and globally. Where we have found our success, we've realized, is the fact that we can speak to the creative side and speak to the business side and have a vision, big vision. So we want to be that entity that is able to nurture talent from the region and help them become business-minded and globally-minded for both their art and the business of their personality and them being them and taking that on a global stage. So you want to have artists in Coachella, two or three artists in all the major music festivals. Under
0: perception management.
2: Under perception management. We want to be doing conferences hosted by perception management, um, regional and, and global conferences. We want to be doing conferences in the Western world talking about Caribbean culture, soca music, dance or music, uh, fusing that together. We want to be at the forefront as the world starts accepting and the world starts developing a love for our culture, we want to be the ones to present that to them and tie up the business end of it so it's not exploited.
0: In season one, when I ask that question, hey, where do you see yourself, where do you see a business in the next X amount of years? People give their answer, and usually my follow-up question mm-hmm. would be, okay, so what would it take for us to get there, for you to get there? Mm-hmm. And because, in season one, a lot of the businesses I interviewed, a lot of manufacturing companies right. and stuff, they manufacture products and sell it on shelves or so. Mm-hmm. They're responsible, well, if I could get financing. right? I could get money. Right. But your business is more of a service business yep. and a relationship business. So mm-hmm. what will it take for you to get there, to, to get, the next to get step? Yeah.
2: Sure, I think a couple of things. I think one we touched on, the right support. So adding to the team, in terms of not necessarily any artist team just yet, but adding on the business end of things, giving Andrew and I the room to start thinking strategically about growing the business and the reach. So I think that's one. Um, So I think that's step one as well. I think step two is global success with our artists. So once the artists get out there, once we build their catalog, build their exposure, get them global hits, not just regional hits, global hits, we then start making inroads because we see with Allison with Iowa with Rome once you start getting into certain places when our artist is in a, a venue and it's before the gig or after the gig we not drinking having a time Andrew and I backstage shaking hands trying to meet who's who introducing people to the artist taking numbers following up that is what we do we not there on Lyman we not there on none of that we there on business
0: you're on sightseeing all these things
2: Nah, because we, we, especially like in Trinidad festival we probably been to 80 90 percent of it. we know what it's like we know what the set up at the stage going to be for this fair. so we go in there we network so it's going to require us having the liberty and the freedom to network to think strategically to have global breakout years with our artists to get that notoriety and those international contacts to really start establishing our brand so it's really time and opportunity Time and opportunity. We are not. I would say that for that vision to to be fulfilled, we are not capital constrained for that. Excellent.
0: That's time That's and awesome. That's awesome that you're able to bootstrap your own vision and bootstrap yeah. and well continue to bootstrap your business and continue to achieve such high levels of success. Yeah. You know, just based on relationships and everything. Let's talk advice. Sure. So, you know, so let's say we have some people out there in those offices with those spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Hashtag me. Mm-hmm. How do they get to where you're going? I'm sure they daydream about, right. about all these creative endeavors as well. You know, maybe they might pick up a microphone and start a podcast or something.
2: Right. Blue cheese, Clog, plug, plug.
0: Podcast work. So <laughs> So how how do they get started in building their creative dream? Sure. If they're naturally
2: Sure. I would say um and my advice is sort of very practical. Because I come from practical first i have had a previous entrepreneurial endeavor that didn't do that i mean there was there were successes but ultimately didn't fulfill its potential and i was doing that full-time and i think one of the issues with that was that it was capital-constrained and that business required a lot of capital to grow. Mm. And when you are depending on a capital-intensive business to also pay your bills in its growth stage, it becomes very difficult.
0: Yeah, because those businesses, well, as you know, they suck up. Yes. Your, your... So you can't you can't
2: want to be feeding the the, the monster and then be getting paid from the monster. It's very, very difficult to do that. And so I think Trinidad uniquely, because I've had experiences working in the U.S., Trinidad uniquely affords people the opportunity to work and still explore their passion.
1: I agree with that. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's true. I mean, we don't, we're not as aggressive. as say the U.S. and well, well, I guess yeah.
2: Generally in Trinidad, mm-hmm. by 4.35, people are off work, generally you're not working with mean generally
0: like unless you're in our industry
2: unless you're in our industry yes unless you're in our industry but even and in like our do industry. you
0: leave work by 4 35
1: uh not all the time but i hear what you're saying there's a lot oh, less, there's yes. a lot less not red tape time. a lot there's yeah. a lot less yeah. red tape so yeah. you I can like just go ahead and saw. whereas you know outside there's a lot of red tape yeah and
2: i think whereas in the, the corporate culture in the us where you would usually work till it's dark and then usually work weekends or not get time to do your errands during the week, so you have to do it all on the weekend. I think in Trinidad, there's a bit more, we do work-life balance better in Trinidad than a lot of other countries. So my advice to creatives who are working right now is to understand that for the startup, for the beginning, for the entry level of you pursuing your passion, it does not necessarily require you to quit your day job. You would be surprised how many hours a week you can salvage to put into your passion if you are disciplined. Mm-hmm. If you cut out the Lyman if you cut out the, the Netflix, uh-huh. if you cut out the, the men who play game, if you so cut out the gaming. watch N.T.K.O. and This Is Us? <laughs> <laughs> you would be surprised if you really went through your weekly schedule with a fine tooth comb, if you cut out the sleeping on the weekends, you will be able to carve out an additional 15 to 20 hours a week to dedicate to your passion. But because you want to do everything else, then you think, okay, well, the only way I can get this off the ground is if I don't work from eight to four.
0: I mean, you see why I don't have a TV in the cabin.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So
1: I would say one. Watch Netflix on your computer then. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> so let's get away from that. Don't try exactly. that. Exactly. So I would say I would say one. Look through your week and find the areas that you spend time outside of work that you don't need to spend and start dedicating that to your passion because it becomes very difficult in the early stages of pursuing your entrepreneurial visions when you want it to pay you because most entrepreneurial visions, creative, manufacturing, um, anything, they tend not to be able to pay you in the first couple of years. If you are an artist, you want to be a new artist, people are not paying you for the first but couple.
0: Your entrepreneur practice paid you in your first year, no?
2: It did, but it did not it did not fully uh it didn't compensate your, right for my full time job. I, I, if if I if my first year I was not working full time. The business would not have done as well. I would have been making decisions based on I need money now. That's an excellent um, point. and not for the long-term strategic growth and health of the business and the relationships. And your partner was also working. Exactly. He was also working. Yep. So it was never a perception management has to pay my bills. It was a perception management is an avenue where we can explore our passions and build a business. Yeah, So I think that's one of the reasons why it does so well now. So my advice would be, and this may not apply for everyone, see what time you can dedicate outside of work. Listen, exploring a passion takes discipline and sacrifice. It may need to cut out your Saturday night or your Friday night in. if may need to cut out your sleeping late you on a Saturday wake in the up morning. you need to morning. wake up a little earlier. Listen, listen to the stories of most of the successful entrepreneurs and there will be war stories before the glory stories. Listen to
0: the stories on Caribbean power lines.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Let's just go through them here. So I would say one for the first year or two, try not to make your entrepreneurial endeavor your main source of income. Because then you would start making better decisions for the business. It's almost like a a, a bank. And in you know, your first few years, you are working on building your depository base. But if you are building it and you having to withdraw all the time, there will never be capital for reinvestment. There will never be capital for growth. There will be opportunities you can't take advantage of because you keep scraping the bank account for the business. So I would say keep working, cut time in other places, get the passion or the creative thing off the ground and see how long you can do the two of them at the same time. When it comes to a point where you cannot do the both at the same time. Explore the opportunity to take a leave of absence from your job. Six months leave of absence. You will be surprised there. Eh? If you are a valuable employee, you will be surprised how someone would rather not lose you indefinitely. And you say, listen, I need to be gone for six months. Either you say, no, anytime I need to go, or you say, okay, I'll get into it in that that's time. That's
1: really, really good advice.
2: Yeah, th- most people would rather not, if you tell them six months. They would say, I don't want that to happen, but the alternative is me not coming at all. So it might be easier to find an intern six months and go hard for that six months and then make an evaluated decision then. Mm -hmm. So I would say do it in increments. It doesn't always have to be jumping fully in the water. Test the waters because a lot of the time, desire for finances can kill an early entrepreneurial dream. A desire to make money, a desire to withdraw money, can kill an entrepreneurial dream Early on for sure. A big lesson
0: I've learned. Can't rap any better than <laughs> that. <laughs> Podcast Will, Cabin Studios. This was Andre Jeffers of Perception Management, yep. co host Emma Charles.
2: Hey. Yeah, this was, this was great, guys. Uh, really appreciate the conversation. Great. Um, and uh, Kevin, you know, this, you know, I remember when you spoke to me about. You starting up the venture? I think it was in Vass.
0: Yeah, we were in. Uh, no, with, I think it was Carnival. Yeah,
2: it was Carnivass. Yeah, look how look how it comes you you it? I like, Yeah, 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 wait, yeah I started and, and um, great venture. I uh, just keep on keeping on, man. I, I see this blowing up to the point where we're gonna be in the studio with cameras and we're gonna be live streaming and it's gonna be on TV because Don't
1: forget his global
2: audience. Exactly, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> because
2: listen. All the main media in looking for content.
0: That is be true. Surprised. That is true. That surprised. is true.
2: So keep on keeping on. And anywhere I could support, I will. Uh, it's been a great conversation. And um, thanks for having me, guys.
0: Yeah, man. You know, you came and you dropped a lot of knowledge. You came and mm-hmm. dropped a lot of excellent tips. The story is really inspiring. I really enjoyed it. Podcast will Subscribe to Power Lunch and Power Launch in your favorite subscribe. podcast player. Yes, subscribe. CastBox, iTunes, Apple Podcasts.
2: Let me just plug on. So Perception Management, you can find us on Facebook, just Perception Management. You can find us on Instagram at perception.management. So hit us up, follow us. You can see what's happening with our artists. We're going to have a huge carnival season. I mean, Perception Management 2015. That is our email. So you can find us on email at perceptionmanagement2015 at gmail.com.
0: Listen, next year, I want to hear Andre and Andrew at perceptionmanagement.com. You will. You, uh, right? You, right, you right, let's get this. Let's do this right, you're right, you're right. Let's you're do right, this thing right, right. right. Let's say the, the, and the, you have the an annual <laughs> return when you issue 50 shares, <laughs> yes, to, to Andre Jeffers and 50 shares. I'll
1: have
2: some, <laughs> right? I should have some. Listen, the next, the next time I'm back here, you will hear not just about the growth of the business but the growth of the Architecture of the business and making it um, match the success. So right. yes, for sure. Keep
0: Kevin Valley on your guest list and
2: stuff. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin Valley comes everywhere. Kevin Valley walking in.
0: And Emma, you as well. Oh, hey, great. <laughs> uh, no, I, I know Andrew. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Kevin Valley, check your list. Check your list. <laughs> okay, All right, yeah, podcast studios. will come in studios. We are out. Bye. Right, Bye. Bye.